Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules. And we'll show you how You played yourself and got voted out This is why Blank lost And this is why Blank lost Oh baby, this is why Blank lost Welcome back to Why Blank Lost I'm David Bloomberg And back with me once again is my co-host Jessica Lewis Yes, here I am. I'm back. And thank you so much for all of the support that you all provided in my absence. The messages were very heartfelt. So I appreciate it so, so much that you were thinking of me, David, same to you. And thank you to Dr. Amanda for stepping up. I know it was on short notice and she did a fantastic job. Both of you, wonderful listen. Thank you for reminding the listeners that I was right about something because I'm not right about something this week. So, yes, anyway. yes, yes. Thanks once again to uh, Dr. Amanda Rabinowitz. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jessica, we, of course, missed you. Hope uh, everybody is doing as well as can be expected. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Um, for anyone who is new to this podcast, we are not surprisingly here to discuss why Helen lost. Uh, mm. We will compare her game to the rules for winning i originally wrote way back after season one and have been updating ever since uh using all the non-spoiler information available to us from what we saw on tv interviews social media and secret scenes and there were secret scenes and two of them were boring and one was kind of funny but none of them had anything to do with that <laughs> um 
The new version of the rules are up on the website and mm -hmm. you can find them by going to our dedicated page at robheswebsite.com slash yxlostfeed uh, and clicking on the link bubble for the Survivor 44 rules. Now, I mentioned that, of course, we're discussing why Helen lost. So I think there's something we need to get out of the way. <sighs> there is. There and is something that we definitely need to get out of the way. Helen, I am very, very sorry for the butterfly effect that I warned you about. I told you when I chose you as my winner pick that I'm sorry, but you will now not be winning Survivor. And I was right about that because you will not be winning Survivor because of the damn butterfly effect I have. I am the reverse so, butterfly effect, so yes. sorry, Helen. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's, so yeah, we it's can just call this the... Uh, butterfly effect reason why she lost yes and that's it we could that's it. be a very quick podcast yeah well helen told mike bloom i saw so many people that were like oh you're my winner pick i, I drafted you this place on my fantasy team and i feel like i'm letting all of them down so i'm sorry if you drafted me i'm sorry if you picked me as a winner so here she is apologizing right. to you and you're apologizing to her and i'm sorry i picked her. you as a winner yeah. not because you shouldn't have won but because yeah. I destroyed, I destroyed your existence with my effect. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just call me Ashton, right? He was the, he was a lead in the butterfly effect movie. Uh, and yeah, okay. this is, this is my life. So I am very sorry for that. I take full responsibility and blame, but I will say now the pressure's off. I was going to say <laughs> now you don't have, you don't have to worry. I mean, other than yeah. making your predictions each week, but oh yeah, which um, I mean, we know I'm also good at, picking things right yes. like rocks yes. and winners yeah. you know so i'm great i'm just yeah. great at these things yeah so yes i had very very high hopes for helen and yes. i do think though that there were some very interesting things that she addressed in her exit interviews that explain some of the effects the ripple effects if you will mm -hmm. that playing this game has and how it can ultimately lead to your demise. So I know we're going to get into all of that, but some very interesting components there. Yes. Uh, if I'm thinking of what you're thinking of, I actually don't think those things had as much of an effect, but we'll see. Maybe we are talking about some. Maybe it was ripples. just all me. I don't know. Yeah, it was all you. That's that's my whole <laughs> notes. Jessica, Jessica, Jessica. <laughs> um, but before we get into all the Jessica did it. Uh, Ooh, Jessica other, did it. Uh, all otherwise known as the rules. Um, there are some other things for us uh, to discuss about this episode. Oh, yes. Let's start with Franny knowing how she has to stay away from Matt and his big long rod. Oh, really? You're going to go there first? I, I already did. He already <laughs> did. I'm just reporting here. Don't blame me. Wasn't there? There was an additional component to that conversation, though. It wasn't just about his big long rod. It was. Hmm. There was she another was part. Fish? I tweeted it. That she was but, the fish? Or that, that, yes. <laughs> I think he was going for some sort of like, I'm reeling you in metaphor. And it just probably. But listen, here's the thing. They've both acknowledged that they are just like nerds. Right. Mm -hmm. And that they they're like goofy together. And so it's very cute when they're trying to speak to each other in that type of language and just mm -hmm. embarrassing themselves because you can tell that it's not just like, I want this person to like me. It's like, 
I want this person to like me, you know? So it's a little bit different. And then you say something about your big long rod. (laughs) And she snorts. Yes. Um, (laughs) Which he finds adorable. And, you know, so it's all all good. It is. Um, Uh, Good luck. Yes. Now, meanwhile, or, you know, Franny told Matt they needed to separate somewhat so as not to be seen as a pair or a duo. Uh, And she told Claire and Claire was like, uh, yeah, you should spend more time apart. Mm-hmm. And Claire's then, facial expressions were classic. Yes. And then Claire added to us that them spending too much time together could hurt Franny's game. Now, it's interesting that she didn't say their game. She mm-hmm. said Franny's game. Oh, yes. I, I do think that they are. I almost said a threesome and that would have been bad, but a, a three person alliance. Um but it does suggest to me she's more aligned with Franny than Matt. Yes. And it's interesting just to see how the small groups are formulating in what is a small group already. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, the six person tribe, I've seen a lot of commentary on that. And I tend to agree. We need to get away from the six person tribes. I think the larger tribes better develop mm-hmm. the ability to create multiple relationships because you have more people yes. and to limit it in such a fashion, I think is very limiting to people's games. And if you are not in the, the right side of the numbers, I mean, it's, it's a small amount of people that it yeah. makes it the right side of the numbers. Good, good luck convincing Jeff of that. Oh, listen, um, you can't convince that man of anything. We have some things to talk about. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Remember, we have our new our whole new section we'll get to. You know, Jeff Probst is wrong about blank. Uh, So can we do it now? Or do we have to wait? I mean, we can. I'll have to scroll down in my notes. Okay, we'll wait then. If there is no, no, I'm already scrolling. I'm already scrolling. You scroll because Uh, so. So, yeah, he. So, as I mentioned, this is our new segment. It was brought over from Big Brother, where Ovi and I did uh, Julie Chen Moonves is wrong about blank. And, uh, you know, I last week I mentioned that since Jeff now has his own podcast, I had a feeling it would be a source of material for us. Mm-hmm. And this week he delivered mm-hmm. uh, because in this podcast, it was brought up the idea of having a back to basics season. And one of his co-hosts, Brittany said, no, in the early season, the dominant alliance could control the vote. And, you know, Jeff talked about basically a pagonging if there isn't that uncertainty. And Brittany said it just becomes boring. So this is a window into how Jeff and others around him Mm. uh, portray things that aren't really based in reality or what I have termed propaganda. Yeah, I Uh, agree. You know, for one thing, it's like tunnel vision. They're only seeing what they want to see. Mm-hmm, sure. Um, you know, we have very different players now. Mm-hmm. You can trust them to not just do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, it is good gameplay in some cases, but mm-hmm. the players are not going to do that anymore. No, They're- and that's that's part of the game that has developed. And mm-hmm. I think it would be more interesting to watch it when you have more people. Yes. And then uh, the other thing is, okay, a back to basic season. Well, it isn't an all or nothing situation. Mm-hmm. We could dial back to a half or a quarter as many things flying around. They would still be in the game, mm-hmm. you know, but there's a big difference between a couple idols and a flash flood of them. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I, I agree 
with all of these things. And there, the problem is, is I think there are so many, there are so many parts to this new segment that we could discuss. Hmm. And we oh, could- I've got more. <laughs> oh, I do too. So should we come, should we come back to it later? So we don't, so we don't no, let's all just, of our time no. convention, just keep no, going. Keep okay. going. Um, okay. We're in the segment already. You can't <laughs> go in and out of the segment. That's not the way segments work. Um, so, you know, I, you know, Brit, I, I, I'm sorry that Brittany thinks it's boring without them, but a lot of people think it's more boring with all of them instead of learning about the people. Right. We spent 24 minutes of this past episode watching every tribe either look for idols, look for keys, check a bird cage, look for more keys, go back, check the bird cage, look for keys until finally things happen with the bird cage. Now, I understand the concept, but it is so overshadowing to yes. just the gameplay itself because everyone's worried about this damn bird cage. And I, I, I get it. Like you, but you, you were like forcing it onto the players instead of allowing it to happen naturally. You, the players can avoid it because it's there right. in a bird cage, as opposed to if you have an idol that's hidden, well, that's a choice. Do you want to go look for an idol and potentially have people know that you're looking for an idol and then you become suspicious and suspect mm-hmm. and people want to vote you out or do you put it in a bird cage and force everyone to have to deal with it look at it check it to me it was too much I, I it was yes was it a little bit fun sure but was it also like 24 minutes of the episode it was too that was just too much yeah yeah um so you know there's that and if you so so anyway we were talking about sorry uh, you know, that is just putting it front and center. So you don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if you dial it back some, but the other thing is, if you do a completely back to basic season and you don't tell the players, they will go crazy mm-hmm. because they will assume that there are idols and advantages mm-hmm. that they have not found. Right. You could get away with that for back to back seasons. Mm-hmm. Just watching these people go crazy because yeah. they can't find anything. Right. You know? Yeah. And they'll be jumping around and assuming that someone must have it and assume, yeah, you know, you can get all these things out of it. Mm-hmm. Now, they fabulous. even had the nerve to defend the game changers, Sari Advantage Geddon, mm-hmm. where she was knocked out with no votes because it was, quote, seven minutes of great TV. No, it was that it was yeah. her losing a game that she should have won yes. again. Yeah, to hell with that. Yeah, she, you know they said glowing things about Suri, but Jeff admitted the audience hated it. Okay, then how about listening to the audience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tend to agree, and I uh, think the other component too that needs to be mentioned in this segment as well is the reusing of the challenges. So much so that people are now in their homes building them recreating them, 3D printing them, practicing them, and learning them. Now, kudos to anyone who does that. David Wright admitted to doing it prior Mm -hmm. to my season. Matt told Jeff Probst, I actually built this and it's in my backyard. Matthew, excuse me. Yes, we have a Matt and a Matthew. Matt has the big long rod. Matthew has the uh, snake in his uh, backyard. That's a whole lot of information. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Matthew uh, talked about that. And this and we also had Evie who said the same thing when 
Evie, Sorry. excuse me. When she, Sorry. no, I'm glad, I'm glad you fixed that because I always <laughs> did that wrong. Um, so it's one of those situations where, yes, great for those people to have prepped so much, but also it's really, I think a little, it's too game showy, right? Because what happens on Gary's game shows, like press your luck. Do you remember that press your luck game? Mm -hmm. That was like so many years ago where the, the contest contestant actually like figured out the, like the permutation of how the lights went around the board and then turned into a whole big scandal because he won all this money, but it was because he had memorized how Mm -hmm. things were going to work. And there's been multiple scandals like that where people have, memorized prices of things on the prices right there was that one contestant that got the exact down to the dollar correct bid on the final whatever it's called well hey and, if you can do it you know and that's and so if you and they if you can do it yes but do you know what both of those shows then did they changed what they were doing so right. the next person couldn't do that because right. it takes away from the game it diminishes the idea of This is a competition that, yes, you can prepare for, but you also shouldn't be able to practice ahead of time. And to me, I just feel like you certain people don't have the ability. There's only so much you can do to prepare to go out to play Survivor, right? You can work out, you can run, Mm -hmm. you can do all of these things. But there are some people that can't build these things in their backyard and then practice these the 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 snake, whatever, Mm -hmm. in their backyard. So for me, I just feel like one of the beautiful components of Survivor old school, older, before the new era, was the newness of it, right? Where you didn't know what a challenge was going to be. And the players were always surprised. And occasionally they would bring things back. But there was something to be said about the players being surprised as well and not knowing what to do and having to figure it out in the moment. And then that became more interesting to watch as opposed to someone who's practiced this in their backyard for however many times and then blows everyone out of the water. And then Jeff is shocked when he hears that I've actually built this and I've practiced yeah, I, it for so I, long. I don't know why he's shocked. He knows this has been going on. I mean, when Evie competed yes. afterwards, uh, he said, okay, we're not using that uh, puzzle anymore because Evie broke it. Yeah. You know? And so I, I can't imagine they're not going to use this one anymore, but do something to change it up each yes. time. Don't make it a plain Jane straight shot. Mm -hmm. Put more obstacles. Put just do something a little bit. Something. Yeah. It needs Um, to be more fair, just as mm -hmm. far as it being a competition. Yes, you can do certain things to prepare yourself, but to be able to memorize puzzles because you know that this is going to come back and be used again. I just it takes so much out of it takes just things away from the game. Mm -hmm. So now. Uh, One other thing that Jeff said on his podcast, uh, something that was taken out of the game, Jeff said he needs ideas on how to fix the auction, because as soon as they put advantages in, everyone saved their money for them and it was broken. So I came up with an idea. (laughs) Take them out. (laughs) I I mean, wait, what? Yeah, I I know. That's so crazy. And so I posted that on Twitter. I did not expect my most seen, most liked tweet ever to be me telling Jeff, if you don't like it in, take take it it out. out. (laughs) But there we are. That is where we are. And there were so many responses. 
Now, some people came up with other creative ideas or copying from like Australian Survivor. Um, hide advantages within food items. Oh, you know, yeah. Have some scrolls. Oh, you're bidding on a scroll. Oh, you open the scroll. It says you win an onion. Yeah. You know, here's um, your cheeseburger. Yeah. And so there's lots of different ideas out there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, I don't even know, dozens and dozens and dozens of responses. And Jeff's copied on all of them, but he won't look at any of them. <laughs> but somehow Jeff couldn't think of any of these ideas. Yeah, I, the, I, all of it is just very strange to me. I, and I do have one more thing that I need to reference just in regards to his podcast. And it has nothing to do with this season. Okay. But it might just have something to do with Millennials versus Gen X. Uh oh. Yeah. So the, uh, he advantage. Uh, I I have some bad news for you, Jeff. Um, you're wrong about that. You're definitely wrong about that. Well, hold on. Wrong about what? Tell people. Okay. So when we merged, they gave us this ginormous chest full of food, right? And when you mm -hmm. opened up the chest, on the inside there was this saying printed on right. a piece of parchment and it was a very weird saying that says most all initial liaisons begin relaxingly in new groups societies always disclose very advantages advantageous news to all gregarious engaging flirtations and different narcissistic defensive and inauthentic the facade is revealed starting today so a very strange convoluted mm -hmm. set of words right you know what the first thing i would have done if i saw that I would have looked at the first letter of every word. Well, do you think that Adam didn't do that? Right. I mean, they were Adam. Adam removed that. He took yeah. it off of the inside of the chest. Mm -hmm. And Adam and I stood there reading this together, both knowing this means something. And then Adam came over to me later and he was like, I took it off the chest. I have it. So he actually took that and then magically found the tree male advantage thing. Now, I know the show didn't say that he had figured it out from the advantage, but he took it out of the chest and had the actual. He said saying. he still has it. Now, I thought that he said on Twitter that he didn't realize fully what it said till he got home. And he might not have, but it's not like we didn't all look at it and go, this right. means something. Right. But he took it out of the equation for anyone else to look at. And then he ended up finding it at the, you know, the uh, mm -hmm. the tree mail. So, yes, maybe he didn't look at it and figure it out immediately, but he knew enough that something is meaningful in here and I'm taking it so no one else can. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. And Jeff. then, you know, like I said to him on Twitter, now we know why he was looking for hidden objects at Winners at War. He yes. knew there could be various things hidden there because yes. he had one at home. Right. So, yes, I just want to I just want to put that out there that it's not like we all just missed it. And went, oh, isn't that a funny little saying? Yeah. We were like, mm, wait, what? No, that yeah. certainly means something. So, yeah. anywho, I did. Yeah. The other related thing on that point uh, is is pretty funny because, you know, we might not be great at predictions, but it turns out we're great at postdictions uh, <laughs> because uh, Jeff talked about. Another place that he said an advantage wasn't found was one was hidden inside of a fish mm -hmm. on 42. But Jonathan was just ripping through them as he was cutting them open and tossed that, you know, bamboo scroll into the garbage, into the ocean, along with the fish guts. And the funny thing is that 
we talked about in our uh, Tika tribe preview that uh, Jam Jam said in pregame interviews that he was going to look inside every fish. Yes. <laughs> and I talked about hiding advantages in fish in mm-hmm. our preview podcast. The difference is I said they should feed it to a fish and see if anyone catches it. Yeah, they that's actually a this is a much the fish more and then stuff it in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. More certainty um, there. I just think it's funny that Jam Jam was like, you know, I'm going to be looking inside them. And he didn't even know that that had mm-hmm. already been done. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they'll do it again and Jam Jam will look in the fish. Yeah, I'm hopeful. Yeah. Um, now, uh, just scrolling back in my notes here. Uh, <laughs> I've thrown you off. I love I, I know, it's getting reoriented. Um, now, there is one good thing to say about idols uh, this, this episode. Okay. And that is Danny and Carolyn found them mm-hmm. and kept them secret. I know. And they better continue to do so. Yes. Round thank of applause, you. which I will yes. immediately withdraw if they don't keep it secret. Mm-hmm. Long. Yeah. But, Danny was hysterical. Yes. He's like, I can't wait to tell everyone. Uh, no (laughs) thank you Danny for that because that really is significant nowadays in Survivor for some odd reason and uh, you know Carolyn we can assume that since she has a poster knows that we preach this quite regularly yes we do so thank you for listening so um, now uh, another person keeping secrets was Carson. Now this goes back to what you were talking about with Matthew, mm-hmm. but I thought it was funny because Carson's back at his tribe after that. And he's like, how are we supposed to compete against someone who practices the, the you know, the stuff at home? We can't do that. And then it's like, uh, you know, cut to him telling us, well, actually I 3d printed survivor puzzles <laughs> and to practice them at home, but I'm not going to tell anybody else. That, you know, <laughs> Well, that's the other thing, too, that you don't want to announce that to everyone. Right. That that's what you've done. Yeah. We I didn't mean, know that David Wright had done that until after the fact. I mean, maybe Matthew did it. One, obviously, he was proud. And he yes, was right sure. to be proud. But maybe he did it because it's like it shows, OK, this is the one thing I could do. It's not like he built every challenge in his backyard. We don't know that. Maybe well, he did. Well, okay, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. Maybe he has balance beams. and mm-hmm. um, But but. You know, I think it was more like, hey, I did this one and, yeah. and hopefully it won't follow him. Whereas if you start saying I 3D printed a bunch of puzzles, people are going to be like, oh, did you now? Yeah, you need to go home. Yeah. That's what gonna, yeah. And and again, I applaud them for creativity, for doing that. But I also feel like let's let's shift away from doing such a repetitive. Yeah. Challenge segment every time anyway yeah now um one thing that i want to mention before we get to the rules so i do you have anything else do you want to cover any other topics uh i think i think i hit them all thank you okay so one thing i want to mention uh and i kind of did this um last week where we set up some things that had happened And that is that Helen gave us an added piece of information in her interviews that we didn't see on TV. I mean, she gave several, of course, but in particular, I wanted to note that Sarah told Helen and Carson that she lost her vote. Mm -hmm. And further, Helen thinks Carolyn and Jam Jam may also have found out. Right. And so 
you know, if Carson was going to join them anyway, which he saw that he did, it would make sense that he would tell them about this piece of information. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll discuss that later, but I just want that out there for when we're discussing it so that we are all working off of the, the same page, I guess. You there you say. go. Those little nuggets of information. Yes. Um, now, before we do move on to see how Helen did, we need to uh, note that the rules are available. In addition to this, uh, this is this rules bubble that I talked about clicking mm-hmm. on earlier, but they're available in a shorter and much more colorful version in yes. poster form. And so go to rapheswebsite.com slash YX Lost Feed, scroll to the poster, click on it. Now, remember, we just mentioned this, but Carolyn revealed in a tweet mm-hmm. that she has a poster. Yes. So Jessica, you got to keep track of the people who order those. I really um, do need to do better at that, yeah. don't I? I actually went uh, back to see if I could find when she purchased it. Ooh, but eBay, yeah. yeah, I was like, hmm. But I wasn't able to do that. If there is a way, there might be. I don't know. I'm not that eBay savvy. Hmm. But I did try to make that determination. Okay. Um but, uh, you know, she also said, of course, she lives by the rules. So people, you should be just like her. Well, OK, not like her, <laughs> but you should, you, you know, get a poster because that means you get on Survivor. It's sure. obvious. Yeah. It's obvious. It, it's obvious. all connected. It is it's totally um, connected. And then, of course, uh, besides a poster, you can get a poster on a T-shirt so you can mm-hmm. wear it to your Survivor audition. And uh, <laughs> then... <laughs> And impress Jeff. <laughs> Love that. Um, and then there's also the checklist T-shirt, uh, which also would impress Jeff. So listen, you know, if I ever get back on, do you think they would let me wear a T-shirt? <laughs> I do not, but you could always try. <laughs> I, you know, I'm hopeful that, that someone one day will, but uh, somehow it doesn't seem to happen. Yeah, we will not. wave. We will wave. Uh, you know, copyright. Uh, yeah worries if anyone exactly yep so i own that design so yes yeah that's Mm -hmm. true i do so (laughs) i should be able to wear my own design that's right that's right come on with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry Ooh, a book club computer solitaire huh Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In a particularly prescient tribal council, Mm. Helen said, the fear is that if I'm talking to Sarah or I'm talking to Carolyn, I think I know what's going on. But when they talk behind my back, they think they know what's going on. So what if that's the reality and I'm just living in my own delusion? Mm, And then Jeff said, that's what we call... A blind side. Yes. And that would be Survivor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Helen was indeed blindsided, totally and completely, yeah. as we could see written all over her face. Mm. Uh, this was not how it was supposed to end for her. And she was shocked, as were many watching. Yes. Uh, in her pregame interviews, Helen said she thought people would see her as really friendly and bubbly, which would hopefully lead to them thinking she was not as strategic as she planned to be. Well, we know what they say about the best laid plans. Was Mm. she targeted because her strategic side showed through? What does Helen herself now say she could have done differently? And does that cover everything? Let's find out as we determine why Helen lost. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty, it's pretty simple. <laughs> pretty simple. It's just Jessica Lewis did it. <laughs> All right. We, of course, begin with the first and most important rule. Don't be predicted as the winner by Jessica. Right. This oh, is what wait. I'm saying. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, scheme and plot. <laughs> uh, Helen thought that she was in at least a three-person majority with Jam Jam as a possible fourth, uh, it, at least for this vote. She was uh, tight with Carson and Sarah from the beginning, and she said in interviews that she felt she could work well with them. But she wasn't close to Carolyn or Jam Jam, and we discussed several times last season that on a six-person tribe, especially a five-person tribe, Mm. you can't just discount or be disconnected from two people. Right. Even worse here uh, is the situation where, you know, it goes back to what you were saying, like on this smaller tribe, mm-hmm. you really do have to make these efforts now. Yes. And certainly that like becomes even more horrifying and obvious and terrible when it goes from a six person to a five person within the first mm-hmm. 12 hours. Yeah. And the person who is medevac is someone that you were eyeballing as mm-hmm. I can't wait to work with that person. Right. And then that person is gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this this isn't a news flash to Helen now, as she said in interviews that her biggest mistake was not getting really close to Carolyn and Jam Jam, as well mm-hmm. as Carson and Sarah. And she should have spent a lot of time with each person so they would value her as an ally. Carolyn even gave Helen the perfect opportunity to swoop in and get tight with her. Last week, we saw Carolyn approach her and talk about how she felt left out and, you know, opened up with some vulnerability. But Helen didn't do it. In fact, when I saw the look on her face when Carolyn was talking to her about that, it just seemed kind of disinterested, like you're Mm -hmm. at a cocktail party and someone's talking to you and you actually want to be over there, you know, type of thing. I. I 
I, I don't know. It was clear to me that she wasn't going along with her. And at the time, I kind of blew it off. But in retrospect, it ended up being very telling. Um, a confusing thing is that Helen told Mike Bloom that her perception was that they didn't want to work with her and Sarah. Now, I don't know how she gets to that perception after Carolyn apparently tried opening up to her like that. I know we just saw the one time. Right. But I, I guess Helen must have just missed it, not realized really what Carolyn was doing there. Well, and one of the things that she talked about, too, was how it was almost natural for she and Sarah to connect. Right. And that that just kind of happened. And then Carson also, it was a little more natural. So I don't know if she was placing too much emphasis on what felt right, as mm -hmm. opposed to doing the thing that might make you uncomfortable when you play Survivor because you have to. And so even right. though she and Caroline might have been different people and someone like Caroline, I think in years past would have probably been the first one voted out just based upon her like there was a fear based that she was going to be her. all just well, based upon based her. upon her. <laughs> I, it, it's something that it is something that Helen talked about. She thought that she would be she wouldn't be able to make a decision and she would be a little mm -hmm. all over the place. And and that scared Helen. And so you want to look towards what you know and what you understand. And she's dealing with Sarah and Carson. And she's like, OK, these people make sense to me. Carolyn doesn't. And I think in Helen's mind, she was probably reverting back to, well, she's going to be the first one that we vote out anyway, because I think Helen was thinking everyone was thinking along those same right. lines. Right. Yeah. Not in this era of Survivor. When you are thinking, you know, if you're a little bit different outside of the box, right. that can certainly work to your benefit. And I think that it's working to Carolyn's benefit. And I thought that Helen might kind of take Carolyn under her wing. That was something we had talked about. But unfortunately, she did the exact opposite. And it's just one of those situations where if she had done that, yes, I mean, things would be right. so different for Helen. Right. Right. And yeah, to to make matters worse, while Helen wasn't spending a lot of time with Carolyn and Jam Jam, she sent Carson over to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, she told Mike Bloom she figured they'd send Carson to talk to them because he had inroads with them and maybe he could pull one of them over to their side. And furthermore, uh, quote, he would give us information about what they were saying and things like that. Now, does this remind you of a couple people we discussed heavily last season? It really does seem to be a running theme with these six person tribes where yeah. one person is in the middle and both sides think they're with them. I mean, we're right. it's a literal repeat of last season. Yes. And it and it becomes even worse when you're down to five because that mm -hmm. person is ultimately the deciding vote right. in all of this. And Carson knew that Carson looked at both options and was able to make a determination as to what was best for his game. Mm -hmm. And that would have been a different outcome potentially had we still had six. But this is the problem with such a small group of people. Yep. And you are absolutely like it's like you're giving too much power to that person in that moment just because of the numbers. Right. Whereas if you have 10 people, well, there's a lot of permutations. There. There's a lot of things yes. that can happen. Yeah. Now, another thing Helen admitted in interviews that she misread was underestimating the bond that Carolyn and Jam Jam had. Mm. She said she knew they were bonded as people and were emotional together and cared for each other, but she thought the two of them would separate that in game terms. 
or maybe more specifically that Jam Jam would turn on Carolyn to ensure his own safety. And maybe at some point that'll be true, but clearly not yet. Right. And I think that this this isn't like the exact opposite of what Helen is saying in regards to she and Sarah. Like she Mm -hmm. knew that people were going to think that she and Sarah were together anyway, just because of how they Mm -hmm. were. And that was fine. But it's not fine on the other end when you see Carolyn and Jam Jam, who are more excitable and are, you know, want to have fun and have a good time that, well, that they should be able to separate game and how they connect with each other. But that wasn't something that Helen and Sarah were doing. They were melding it all together. Right. I mean, the other assumption she was making is that they weren't separating game. I mean, Mm. they may have decided that they work best together. So just the same way she decided she worked best with the other. Right. So, right. Um, all right. I think we can move on to the second rule, uh, which says not to scheme and plot too much and to keep your scheming secret. Now, as I mentioned in the introduction a few minutes ago, uh, Helen said in her pregame interviews that she thought people would see her as friendly and bubbly, which would hopefully lead to them thinking she was not as strategic as she planned to be. When we did our Tika tribe preview, one thing we discussed was how many of these players had this as their plan and how it was unlikely they could all succeed. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. Helen is the first one who was not able to do it. Right. Uh, As she told Mike Bloom, I think you go into this game really thinking you're going to play a certain way. And then things happen like Bruce gets medevac before Mm -hmm. the night even falls. Uh, she continued, I want to, I wanted to play down the strategy piece of me, the intelligence piece of me, but I think time and time again, I was just thinking of how do I put my tribe in the best position to make it through and have a Flint and machete go through the immunity challenge and not have to go to tribal council at all. Yeah. And, and that was the problem. One reason jam jam said he wanted to get rid of Helen was because she was constantly working scenarios out. Now, mm-hmm. we didn't really see those scenarios, but she confirmed it in interviews telling Mike, I was trying to think of plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So I could try to come up with something that felt foolproof for my alliance. But we've seen before that running those scenarios can scare people like Michaela from your seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even had one player specifically reference in pregame interviews how they didn't want to be like Michaela. Right. Yeah. And I do think that there there is a positive here where you have to be able to react and respond to the game that is happening around you. Right. And the fact that Bruce is now no longer there. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have to work through that and try to determine now what what do I do? But it can't be obvious to those around you. And again, you've already mentioned we didn't see that. But clearly there had to have been something because initially I thought that she and Jam Jam were close. So maybe she was sharing with him some information just in Mm. regards to how are we going to move forward and what are we doing? But also, I think that this comes down to your personality. And if you are someone who's a problem solver, who is just figuring out what to do all the time, because that's the way you are, that's something that people will see. And I know that her plan was, I'd like to hide the strategic part of me, but it doesn't appear that she hit it very well. (laughs) It was, it was, it was very quick, I think, because her natural tendencies just kicked in. And what she said was, I was trying to figure out what was the best thing to do for my tribe. Sometimes. Well, no, mm, she said for my Alliance. 
Well, for her alliance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for her alliance. But it was, you know, um, where was it? She talked about, I don't know, like getting the flint and whatnot and everything. Mm-hmm. And so so there are times you have to just be selfish and just know that this might not be the best thing for all of us, but it's going to be the best thing for me. Right. Right. Now, another issue is one you already brought up in that she was seen as a duo with Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, she told Dalton Ross that they were doing their best to avoid being seen that way. Uh, again, using Carson as an intermediary, but it happened anyway and put Carson again in a great position. So he mm-hmm. was the Carson was the intermediary between Sarah and Helen and between Sarah, Helen and Carolyn and Jam Jam. Mm-hmm. So literally, Carson was in the dream position at this. Point. Yes. Yeah, he definitely uh, was. And here's the thing. Him being in that position is great for him. but then also. He had all of the information, right? Mm -hmm. And so the decision that he's making is not piecemeal. And he's the one who's choosing what to share with the other side. So it's it's such a powerful position to be in and to kind of hand that power off to someone. Yeah, that's problematic. Yeah. All right. We can go to the third rule, which tells players to be flexible. Considering what we discussed in the first rule about how Helen admittedly should have gotten closer to Carolyn and Jam Jam. I think we have the answer here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but also no. she was making plans A, B, C, D, E, F, G. She was, and that's good. But all of those plans, again, go back to her alliance. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and this rule is all about having options. Yeah. And she created a situation where she really didn't have any. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was all in with Carson and Sarah, even after she knew Sarah didn't have a vote. Yeah. Uh, that's a big part of this. I, I mean, can I talk I about this she, now? Well, I, I mean, she thought that they had jam jam. And sure. so therefore it wouldn't matter that Sarah had lost her vote. Mm. And so if she's thinking that way, then, eh, um, I don't think We'll, we'll, I think we can, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I don't know that. I was waiting. <laughs> yeah. Well, you good. kept talking. Yes. <laughs> um, um, you were being flexible. Uh, and, <laughs> and, uh, but I, I think I'll, I'll bring it up. I, I think it's actually an appendix A type of thing, quite honestly. Okay. So, right. so, um, because we'll it's there. more about decisions that other people made. I yes. Believe. Um, unless you believe it's a decision that Helen made, in which case, well, I think it can be both. Okay. Um, all right. Well, we can move to the fourth rule, which tells players not to let their emotions control them. Now, how do you think Helen did here? Well, this is interesting because I don't know if it's so much emotional as a as it is just who you like and who you don't like kind of thing. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that can be based upon emotion. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she clearly gravitated towards those people that she had a better connection with. But I think most of the decisions she was making was not through emotion. It was just more of a, this is going to be the best thing for us to move forward. She was very game oriented. And that's why I think she was coming up with various plans related to her alliance. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it was necessarily an emotional component, but there was something there that was kind of driving her in that direction. Yeah, I I think that... um... 
Yeah, I mean, that's you you raise a good point there. And I didn't actually, you know, have that. Uh, I was thinking more along the lines of her thinking unemotionally as we discussed how, you know, she was thinking Jam Jam would turn on Carolyn. But you're right. You know, they you know, they clicked. Now, why did they click in one case? You know, I think she said they, they got along in another. She said because they all thought alike. Mm, so mm-hmm. if it's they all thought alike, well, then that's not emotional. That's strategic. Right. But was there an aspect of they got along because they were similar and they could be friendly with each other? Yeah, there probably was. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's an interesting uh, uh, point there, depending on how much it came into play. Right. Now, uh, the fifth rule reminds players that they need to pretend to be nice and play the social game. Uh, a lot of what we discussed in terms of her bonding um, or not bonding with mm-hmm. Carolyn and Jam Jam can apply here as well. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like the two went or didn't go hand in hand. Um, you know, in our, in our Tika preview podcast, we discussed how Helen talked about context switching in her real life because she was in some very different groups and had to act differently in each one. And she thought that would help in Survivor, and we did as well. And, you know, I thought that she could be one thing to the younger players like Mm. Carson and Sarah and another to the older players like Bruce, Carolyn, and Jam Jam. But the problem seems to be she didn't take that second step. She was tight with the younger players, but she didn't do the same for the older ones, um, which, again, is also related to her saying in the pregame that she planned to make genuine one-on-one bonds so people had a reason to keep her. Mm. but she didn't make those with the old players. Right. And she readily admits that, that that was her biggest mistake was not creating those bonds. And again, I think this goes back to people's regular existence in the world. You think about when you're in school and you're meeting people on that first day, Mm -hmm. you're going to gravitate towards people that you click with, that you, that you mesh with, and you might not take time to meet everybody that's in that classroom, but you have an entire year to get to know somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Not in Survivor. You right. have a very limited amount of time and you need to use that time to get to know everyone because if they feel something towards you, if they even think that, well, I have fun with this person or I like this person, this person treated me well, then you might not come up on their list of people that they would like to see get voted out. Yeah. All right. Well, the sixth rule warns against being too much of a threat. And here, I think, is a big piece of the puzzle. And we know who 3D printed puzzles. Uh, (laughs) And he was also the swing vote here. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Carson said some very important things in his pregame interviews that telegraphed perfectly what happened in this episode. I mean... You know, a lot of times people say things in their pregame and it just doesn't happen. This was so on the nose, it was kind of scary. And I think it really gets to the heart of the matter. He said he wanted to target other strategic people early. Well, there's nothing earlier than the first vote. Right. Uh, And in the second rule, we already talked about how Helen made it a bit too obvious that she was very strategic. It went even further than that because Helen showed how smart she was even apart from her strategizing. So, mm-hmm. for example, while Carson was trying to fade into the background and cover himself when it came to things like the Savvy Challenge, Helen volunteered. Right. Well, and I also think 
here is interesting. Like I, Carson, I need to give him credit for, for that component because he definitely made that happen. However, he is looking at a choice between Caroline and Jam Jam or Helen and nothing, right? Because Sarah has no vote. So it would have been silly for him to say, I'm going to vote with Helen because Sarah has no vote. So now you're just creating a tie. Unless he could have convinced one of the others if he wanted to. If he wanted to. If he wanted to. And that's that's the part I'll get to. But Mm -hmm. um, because Carson also said in the preseason that he wanted to find someone playing an emotional and less strategic game. And then he could use that to manipulate them. Uh, and he wanted an ally who, no matter what, would never vote me out. And how did he act when, when he was around Carolyn and Jam Jam? Emotional. Them. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Hugging mm-hmm. them and saying to Carolyn, I want to be a part of your life. Mm-hmm. He wasn't saying that in game. He yeah. said that and it was very quick, mm-hmm. you know, but he said that. Um, and, you know, probably playing on her emotions. As I'm going through this, I realized that a lot of this could have gone into Appendix A also. Um, but I, it, it was kind of flowing when I was writing it, uh, writing my notes on this. It was flowing all from the fact that he talked about targeting the threat. Mm-hmm. And I, now I thought I haven't gone back to re-listen. But did you predict Carson would try to work with Carolyn and Jam Jam for this very reason? Uh, I think he might have been. In that group, I was more about Helen scooping up okay. Carolyn, but but that might have been. I'd have to okay. have to go back and yeah. and look myself. Yeah. Um, now the funny thing is, we know watching from the outside that both Carolyn and Jam Jam have their strategic sides, but they were hiding them behind their emotional fronts. I don't think Carson realizes it at this point, but what's important, circling back, is that he certainly knew about Helen's Helen Mm, mm -hmm. had it all out front. Yeah. What did Carson consider to be the biggest threat to him in this game? Another strategic person. Right. But now what has he done? He's gotten rid of the most strategic person on the tribe other than himself. Right. So now he is putting himself front and center potentially, but I don't think they know that. And I don't think they do either, which is still hiding it. Yeah. Yes. And so it is interesting because if Helen is there, then that can be a shield for him because then you make her do all of the stuff like puzzles. And, oh, if she wants to volunteer, great. Keep her around because then I don't have to do it, you know? Yeah, but he's not looking at her as a shield. He's looking at her as a sword to use the uh, immunity idol. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) My shield and sword. I do love that. I was looking, I should have gotten butterfly wings for today. Yeah, yeah. And then in case, just in case the shield and sword don't work, I also have the dagger. Oh, stop it. So that's the one that you stab them in the back with. Oh, so many weapons. I Well, survivor, you need to be flexible and have all your weapons. Apparently. Jeff was very aggressive when he introduced that immunity idol to everyone. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, just wait. The previews, it looks like Kane is going to be uh, whipping that sword around. <laughs> 
It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Uh, we can move to the seventh rule, which covers idols and advantages and game mechanics, not the uh, immunity. I, well, hidden immunity idols, not the sword and shield immunity idol. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we know that Helen didn't find the key or the idol, nor did she go to advantage uh, island, but she was crossing her arms. So clearly that meant she had to go. Clearly. Uh, I mean, listen, and this is this also needs to be mentioned, right? Because, again, mm-hmm. here we have an effect from inserting too many things into the game that then become problematic for the players, even though things don't need to be inserted into the game that can become problematic for the players, they're going to do it themselves. So just let them do it. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) I just can't. No, but I do think that I'd like to revisit this just a little bit too with this. uh, And maybe it's appendix a, I'm just very interested in this lo- this Sarah losing her vote component. Okay. Let's finish. Yeah, okay. let's just finish this. So, uh cuz I just want to uh, clear uh, clear out this part about her crossing her arms and everything and mm-hmm. uh because Helen did say in interviews that she thought Carson was convinced she had the idol and that he told Jam Jam and Sarah. Now, I have little doubt that he told those two. I don't think he needed to believe it in order to tell them. Once he decided he was going to target her, of course, he wanted all the ammunition possible. You want the sword and the dagger. Um, You know, so get them all on his side. What better way? A little bit of information in there. Make them think it. Right. And you create that narrative. Right. So I don't know whether or not he sincerely believed that she had the idol. I mean, there was one line from him about having studied. body language mm-hmm. which is mostly a pseudoscience but uh i mean it can work for some people in certain situations but you're not going to get there by reading some books and all mm. um you know unless the guy is playing at the poker table and always twists his oreo a certain way when he has a certain kind of hand um <laughs> that's about all you're gonna get uh but it it didn't matter i don't think because i believe she was already in his crosshairs at that point Yes, and I I don't disagree with that. I I really do think that Carson had seen, and I think, too, this is worth mentioning, Carson saw her performing, right? He actually did the Savvy Challenge with her. And so, again, that was something. she did most of it. Right, and that was not anything that anyone else witnessed, but he did. So an Mm -hmm. eye-opening moment for him to realize, wow, yeah, this is someone I'm going to have to watch she out is for. Savvy. Yes. Yes. And so I do think that that is something that he took with him in moving forward. And then it is, you just have to create a narrative that people can buy into. And in that moment, how many people are really paying attention to everybody at, because they're all like, Oh my gosh, I don't want someone to think it's me. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I don't want someone to think it's me. And then he can say, well, did, did you see Helen? Oh my gosh, you didn't see her. She had her arms crossed. And all you have to do is just kind of feed that fear. And then mm-hmm. they might go, oh, you know, I did. I did notice that. I saw that, too. And they start to convince themselves that that could be correct. Because also, didn't Jam Jam talk about anybody but me? 
And if it's if you're focusing on someone else, then the attention will be taken off of you. And so right. if they want to jump on that, too, and go, well, we think she has the idol. Well, then there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, re- I know when, you know, when I was working and I would, uh, you know, lean up against someone's cubicle or office, I would often just rest with my <laughs> my arms crossed. And sometimes I would realize that, oh, this pose supposedly makes me look a certain way. So I would, you know, stop it. Uh, I also, uh, you know, through making all of those different videos that I make, I have learned that I have, in many cases, like resting frowning face Um, (laughs) because I will start the video and just be kind of, you know, having what I think is a neutral look on my face Mm -hmm. and then start talking. And as when I go back to edit, I'll be like, I have to find the place where I don't look like I'm frowning to start the video, you know? Yep. Mm -hmm. And and so, um, you know, that's why all these things. It's not like I'm upset when I'm making these videos. It's not like I was hiding something when I was going to visit my employee in their cubicle or whatever. It's just the way you're comfortable when you're standing. Yes. Yes. And there are a lot of things that you end up learning through your employment that mm-hmm. you can then carry into situations like this. I mean, I right. stand in front of juries and have to be very mindful of all of those things. Right. Because you don't want them to perceive you doing something and have it misperceived, right? right. Like that's exactly. not what I'm doing. So I've told people time and time again that are interns that are working for us, you need to be cognizant of everything you are doing because mm-hmm. you are being watched like you would not believe. Oh yeah. And it's, this is the same type of environment. People are watching everything you're doing because perception becomes reality. We've discussed that mm-hmm. a lot. And if they look at you a certain way and then start telling other people, do you see the way he's standing? And it, it, it just, it builds and it feeds on itself. And then it makes other people start focusing and paying attention to these things mm-hmm. that really could mean nothing, could mean absolutely nothing. But when you told that story about you standing in other people's cubicles, I just started thinking about, what is it office space that movie when Mm -hmm. the manager is like walking around and he just comes into people's cubicles and he's like so hey (laughs) 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 i think it's office space yeah but it's like what are you doing saturday (laughs) (laughs) just this is the vision i had in my head great thanks (laughs) you were like locking people into overtime like no no. Mm, you're gonna have to come in and work on Saturday. I was usually the one who got locked into it. <laughs> um, but uh I mean, yeah, you can use body language to help you. Yeah. You know, like I found out playing poker that someone thought I had a certain tell. Okay. Mm. Uh and I one of my friends eventually told me what they heard that tell supposedly was. Well, I used that then when I played against other people who believed it Mm, and mm -hmm. like they thought when I was bluffing, I had this tell. Mm. So I would make sure to take those actions when I had a good hand. So they would think I was bluffing. That's great. Um, And similarly, you know, like when I would uh, be testifying at hearings, I would often the way our hearings work is uh, worked. um, The people, the board. Uh, the people who were making decisions were in front facing us. And we were often like right in front of them. Mm-hmm. And then there would be other people testifying, like in some cases, right next to me. And so there was a couple times where there was a literal like crazy person uh, talking 
and saying things. And I'm just like locking eyes with a board member and making it clear that even though I can't say anything, <laughs> this person is crazy, you know, <laughs> and and other times when people were just maybe not crazy, but wrong. Same mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. You know, there are ways to, you know, my body, I was purposely using my body language to convey what I could not say in that sure. moment. Yes, no, absolutely. And all of these things are great tricks to utilize when you're out there playing, but it's also things that you might not realize about yourself. Right. And so you have to be very aware of what you do and how you present yourself because people can misread it or they can use it to their own advantage. Right. Um. So, all right, we can move into the uh, long-awaited Appendix A. <laughs> now, it is about the tribe keeping their end goals in mind, and we talk about whether they made the right decision, uh, often in terms of voting out the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. Now, it seemed like the Tika tribe was discussing this appendix in tribal council mm. as both Sarah and Carson talked about the different types of strength. Uh, Sarah said it depends on how you measure strength. Uh, being with people you trust, I think that matters so much in this game. Well, she could have almost been reading straight from this appendix, which says it's almost always more important to keep a strong ally than to worry about whether they are weak or strong. Mm. And sometimes there are strategic reasons to get rid of a strong person early in the game or a weak one later. Now, Carson said if he votes someone out based off strategy, <laughs> they might not be able to win challenges. And the way he said it and emphasized that word made it made me really think he is continuing to put on this front of not being a strategic person mm. while at the same time being incredibly strategic. Yeah, from my standpoint, likely being the mastermind behind targeting yeah. one of the strongest players on the tribe. Right. Yeah. No, and I, I think that it's interesting the the dynamic that was created in this group. And I, I think that Carson saw it probably better than most. It was something that he talked about just, I mean, their tribe is not doing well. Right. Mm -hmm. And they started out with six and went to five very quickly. Yeah. And I do think that he figured out how to utilize each person in the best manner to help him along, but make mm -hmm. it seem like that's not what he's doing at all. Yeah. Yeah. Now the next thing in line here is your topic. Sarah's <sighs> lack of a vote. This now, damn thing. Yeah. So now obviously there wasn't anything Helen herself could have done about Sarah not having a vote other than seeing the problem and flipping the vote against Sarah. Yeah. Hi. Hi. My name's Jessica. Uh yes. Mm-hmm. I did well, because seriously, like let's just let's just break Hi, this Jessica. down. <laughs> this is so obnoxious. First, stop taking people's votes away. Okay. I get it that you want to introduce something new into the game. However, that truly is the most important part of this game, right? Is voting people out and you're taking uh, yeah. away. Hmm? Especially with no choice. And that right. was something that, you know, we did, uh, Amanda and I discussed on the, on the first podcast is yes. that's a horrible change to yeah, give them no choice. no choice in the matter. You are automatically drawing and you have two thirds of a chance of losing your vote. Yeah. Like, Oh, that's great. Thank you. So you are forced to have to do this thing that you don't want to have to do, even though you might have decided to go to this island that mm -hmm. gives you some, what does Amanda call it, sack island or something, you yeah. know, or like, it's just, to me, 
it's force feeding an issue that doesn't need to exist. Because Mm -hmm. if we look at this permutation of this five, and if Sarah hadn't lost her vote, Carson, I don't think would have been that easily swayed because he would have. have, Well, but here's the, here's the thing. You have five people that can all vote instead of only four. Mm -hmm. And I think in Carson's world, he is looking at it saying, okay, well, here's the thing. If I go to Jam Jam or Caroline and try to convince them, no, 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 we need to do something different. You need to join us. Well, then what happens? Caroline and Jam Jam were already talking about Carson and how concerned they were about Carson because even Caroline was like, I don't know, is he really? So if he starts feeding them saying, you know, I think maybe we should do something different then maybe the focal point shifts to him and then maybe they start looking at him and then maybe Jam Jam goes back to Helen and says, you know what? Carson's playing both of us. So it makes sense that Carson doesn't want to rock that boat, right? So now you've made the choice for him basically because it's like, okay, if I stay over here, uh, it's a tie and that sucks. We don't want a tie right? because then it's going to be 2-2. But if I go over here, there's no tie, no issue. She goes home. I don't need to worry about it. I'm fine working with these two because this is still a great option for me. So you've made the decision for Carson instead of him having to play the game with these people and figure out things on his own as opposed to, oh, she no longer has a vote. Okay, well, Sarah's I mean, and the fact Mm -hmm. that that was the decision that was ultimately made is just it's so infuriating because then also let's get rid of Sarah. <laughs> she has no, I mean, she yeah. has no stake in this and she can't vote. Why are we keeping her here? And she also went to Sac Island and probably has something that we don't know about. Well, and that see that actually supports my thesis that it didn't matter. I think, and, and you know, we can ask Carson when, you know, when, well, not we, but uh, you know, interviewers can ask Carson, when he uh, eventually gets out or wins. And, um, you know, what would you have done? Because I think this was not a deciding factor. I think he had already, well, we know he had already put himself in the perfect middle position. Mm -hmm. We have the evidence from his pregame interviews that a big part of his plan was voting out someone just like Helen Mm -hmm. and going with people just like Carolyn and Jam Jam. Yes. I, and I'm not discounting that. Right. I'm just saying that it's one of those situations where this, if that's truly what he was going to do, then he would have done it anyway. Right. Like if that right. was and what he what was I'm, looking at. And that's exactly what I'm saying. I think if Sarah had her vote, he would have done the same thing. I will say if he was wavering at all, if there was truly this angel devil situation, like he talked about Sarah, not having a vote certainly sealed the deal. But I don't think he was wavering as much as as we saw it. I think he already had his plan mm. and it went. I mean, it was so beautifully laid out for him. Well, but that's I mean, all of this is is, again, one of those situations that is fascinating about this. And I've already kvetched about mm. the size of the tribe being as small as it is. Yeah. And instead of six, now you have five. And so, again, now you're looking at the numbers and he becomes the ultimate swing because you're only down mm-hmm. to five. And now we're going to toss into it Sack Island and the fact that Sarah's now lost her vote. OK, well, there's one more 
issue with this group mm-hmm. over here in addition to everything else that I'm thinking about. And I think it just, it, it, not that it made it too easy for him, but it was like just one more like added bonus. Like, oh, well, this makes mm-hmm. the most sense, which I'm not faulting him for that. Right. But I just, right. I feel like this is one of those situations that didn't need to exist because if Sarah had had her vote, then I don't know, maybe Sarah would have been more inclined to try to push something else or discuss a different option. I know they were set on on Carolyn, but like, how did nobody then think, you know what, maybe, I mean, Carolyn was talking about Carson. There was no discussion about Carson over here. Helen, she's not seeing Carson that way. So I do think when you take someone's vote away, you also take away their voice and their desire to push. Homer talked about this. Because he knew he didn't have a vote. And he's like, I don't really have the right to be telling you what to do because I don't even have a vote. But he was trying to push it. But without then he did guide it. Yeah, he did. But he did it in a very like underhanded kind of right. fashion. Right. Sarah was essentially muted. I, I don't feel like she was really involved in much of the discussion. It was like, Carolyn, OK, we're done. And everyone else was kind of running around like Jam Jam was running back and forth and so I just I feel like you take so much power away from a player when that happens oh, yeah. and to have it not be their choice at all. I just think is is awful. Oh, yeah. I, you'll get no disagreement with me on that point. Yeah. I just think in the slightly different world where Sarah still has her vote, the exact same thing happened. Mm. Um, but I, I just it things lined up too perfectly with Carson's plans. Yeah, sure. You know, it's like, I'm going to align with these two exact people. Oh, look, they're on my tribe. And I'm going to target this exact person. Oh, look, she's on my tribe. <laughs> you know, I mean, he might as well have said, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm going to uh, uh, make sure that one of my tribe mates uh, bonks his head and gets a concussion. And, oh, look. Oh, look. <laughs> you know, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I just think it lined up too perfectly. Now, he's, you know, he can come out and tell me I'm wrong at some point, but mm-hmm. uh, until then, I will I will stand by it. All right. I like it. <laughs> so with that, it is about time to wrap things up. What are your final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's my final thought. Helen, I'm sorry. I'm so very sorry. I had I had so much faith in you. And then. I set you into this world that you now find yourself being voted out second. I'm so very sorry. I do want to say your faith in her and, and sorry, Helen caused me to add her to my, uh, my, my uh, uh, fantasy team. So, oh. yeah. So, yeah. So about that uh, apologies. So here's the thing. And this is what I blame myself for is I looked at Helen and her desire to play this game the way that she wanted to play it and what she talked about, I called best laid plans, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's the thing that I've talked about with a lot of different players that have come in and I have to find my notes here where when you, when you come into this game and you have all of these ideas and all of these, these plans. And I always say this when we are doing our initial review of each tribe that you can have all the plans you want, but it might not work out once you get there because everybody else has plans too. And clearly Carson had a plan and Carson was on her tribe. And so she was suddenly like, I don't want to be the smart person. Let me volunteer for that puzzle. Hmm. You know, that doesn't really bode well. And then you have Carson seeing her actions and seeing how good she is at this and realizing, I think that's going to be the person I need to target. 
And so unfortunately for someone like Helen, Survivor is a game that has certain components that are just outside of your control. You don't know who's going to be on your tribe. You don't know how many people are going to be in your tribe, but guess what? It's going to be six. I'm just telling you. And then in your case, unfortunately five, Uh, but you have to work within the confines that you were given and you have to figure out how to make those work for you. And unfortunately I think Helen let too much of herself seep in, even though she had all of these plans, they were all very Helen plans and they were all plans that she thought were going to work best for her group, not realizing that other people had the plans too, and that their plans were working in direct contradiction or in opposite of what she wanted. And it's just so sad because on paper, listening to her, she had great ideas. She had an understanding of what the game should be. But I really do think that she found herself in a group of people who are playing a much different game of Survivor. I think Helen probably would have done better a few years back, mm-hmm. you know, but we are where we are and this is where we're at. And unfortunately she found Carson on her tribe. Yes. And, uh, and that's, and, and, and I'm, I'm just, I'm so sorry. So this, I'm, Helen, I'm just, I'm sorry. Butterfly. <laughs> I can't. Sorry. All right. Well, Helen was strong in challenges, strong in strategy, and had what she thought was a strong alliance. Uh, All of this sounds great until you realize that one of her key allies came into the game with a plan to target people just like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carson literally found himself on the ideal tribe for his pregame plans, as we said, which is something of a rarity because usually it's like you said, best laid plans. Mm -hmm. He had two people who seemed like they play emotionally. And two who play more openly strategically. Even better, the two who played more strategically really didn't work well with the other two. And not only let Carson be the go-between, but purposely sent him for that job. Helen has herself done a good job of pointing out retrospectively most of the places she should have done things differently. She only got close to Carson and Sarah rather than also Carolyn and Jam Jam including missing a valuable opportunity that we saw when Carolyn was opening up to her about needing to feel included. Uh, Helen underestimated the uh, bond between those two, Carolyn and Jam Jam, as only emotional and not strategic as well. She was too outwardly schemy and thinking through all the different options. But even through that scheming, she didn't create a backup plan for herself to ensure things didn't go sideways with her three-person alliance. Helen didn't stick with her pregame plan to hide behind a bubbly personality, allowing too much of her true self to show right away. But her tribe mate and supposed ally Carson did stick to his pregame plan to start by targeting people exactly like Helen. Because of the other things she did and didn't do, she put him into the position of power where he could make that happen. And that is why Helen lost. Oh, Helen. Ah, uh, Helen. Yes. Sorry, Helen. Pressure's uh, off. Yeah, off you. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yay, me. And to all future Survivor players, you better hope I don't pick you. <laughs> This is is bad. Everybody go into your pregame interview saying, I love David, but I can't stand Jessica. Uh, Don't say that. Just say, this is a butterfly effect. I love Jessica, but. Oh, okay. Yeah, they don't have to not like me. Well, I was saying if they don't like you, then you won't pick. 
Mm, okay, or they could just go fair. into their interviews and say, don't pick me, Jessica. Right. Like, please. please. I love you, but don't pick me. Yes, Jessica Lewis, don't do it. That's bad. That would be hysterical if that started. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we get to our predictions, let me mm, remind. I'm not doing them. Yes, you are. Uh, let me remind everyone. Quit. quit. That, uh, I did, by the way. You should tell everyone. What did I send to you? The you text message. That I was uh, quitting. <laughs> oh, yes. Predictions. Yes. Yes. No, I just said I quit. I didn't yeah. specify what. Oh, yeah, well, I ignore that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. The rules we just discussed are available in poster and t-shirt form. So again, go to robhasawebsite.com slash yxlostfeed. Uh, also, and uh, I'm uh, pulling a fast one here on Jessica because I did not tell her this, uh, oh. but there are other places before we get to predictions that uh, people can reach us. Oh, we're doing that. Okay. I yeah. was like, what are we doing? Where are we yes, going? What? More t-shirts? I don't know. No. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Jessica Lewis 89 and he is at David Bloomberg. You should certainly follow us both because we tweet during the week, but also we live tweet. So be ready. Spoiler alert. We live yeah. tweet during the actual Survivor episode. So just be ready for that. And also David Bloomberg likes to try to cheat and steal my tweets. So no, too. never. So anyway, but you can follow us there. And I am on Instagram at Jessica Lewis 6789. And David Bloomberg is everywhere, like legit everywhere. So everywhere. He has an entire page of everywhere. Look at all of the places that you can find David Bloomberg. It's that is insane. True. Yes. Now, the easy way is any place that uh, I post videos. So that would be TikTok, YouTube and Instagram. I'm at David Bloomberg TV. Got tired of last year going through and Given you three different places. So at David Bloomberg TV for all of those. Uh, but you can get to everything at my link tree at linktree slash David Bloomberg. And there's a dot before the EE. Uh, so that's the page I'm showing now and has uh, all the different uh, places that you can find me there. Uh, now on the different video. Uh, so wait, websites. I have a question for you. Okay. I'm looking at your page. Mm -hmm. There, That list, do you have the actual like, Dot, what is it again at like it's it's at the top the url linktree slash david bloomberg where there's a dot before the ee so it's linkter.ee slash david bloomberg uh, i'm not seeing it Am I it's on the you it's oh you can't uh you can't see it because it's not showing on there it just shows the page it doesn't show the url yes so i'm i'm not blind no so you're I'm not like, you're not i'm seeing it but you know it's not showing it's not sharing that all part. right so you need to make sure that that's included somewhere well yeah i can't it's on the link tree page how do you include <laughs> the, it, it, it's a cycle then you know it, it just spins in circle you'd wreck the whole internet if you did that then do this your little where you put at david bloomberg for twitter you should put your link tree because ah. your, Twitter, your Twitter is on there as well. Yes. So just change that next time. See, oh, look at okay. them. A problem solving for you. All right. Uh, so uh, if you uh, go to any of those uh, different places and subscribe, uh, you'll see, especially at the different video places, um, I post survivor videos. Um, I've been posting the mini Y blank losts for each player eliminated from Australian survivor, plus many other clips and commentary from that show, as well as other shows. Uh, lately, it's been an average of like three videos per day. Listen, you need some things to do. I have things to do. I make videos. <laughs> 
I so love this. For I you. was talking. I was talking to a, a former Survivor player today, and uh, I mentioned uh, just about totally non-related things. And uh, this is an old, old-time Survivor player, mm, and, mm-hmm. and I mentioned to him, uh, "I'm, you know, I was now retired." And uh, he he said, "So you you just you're a professional podcaster?" I said, "Well, I don't know. That I make enough podcasts to." I, I said, a "I'm a professional TikToker." Yeah, I, that's yeah. I, I said, yeah, I, I'm a professional TikToker. You're an which, influencer. Yeah, I'm an influencer who has very little influence on that and <laughs> makes no money. If you make no money from it, uh, can you still be considered a professional? I, I don't I listen. Don't you'd be amazed at what people call themselves when it comes I, well, to social true. media. So you can call yourself an influencer. I'm a survivor right. influencer. That's, that's right. Yeah. Or just All a reality right. TV influencer. Yes. Yes. So let's uh, influence the future or the past with our predictions. Um, so Ugh, here are mine. I hate if, this. if Tika goes back to tribal council. Oh, that's an easy one. I think it's pretty clear Sarah will be. Yeah, next. that's it. Yeah. Uh, so she'd better hope they don't. Mm-hmm. If Soka goes, I'm still worried about Josh. I've been consistently worried about Josh. Uh, because even though Franny and Matt were featured as possibly being seen as too close, it still seems like they still they have at least that three person alliance with Claire and probably one more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, Franny was talking to some of the others. You know, Heidi was talking about, oh, Matt's going to make lovey dovey eyes at you and then stab you in the back or whatever it was she said. Um, and so I, I still worry about Josh, if only because. He doesn't exist as far as the show is concerned. Yeah, I agree. There, there, and you know the same. Um, Heidi has been not as yeah, apparent. At least Heidi's been seen a couple times. She made fire. Oh, uh, she, that is true. She made that comment about Matt. You know, Matt's lovey-dovey eyes or mm-hmm. love, love eyes, whatever it was. Um, I mean, we. Yeah, Josh I feel definitely. like I feel like we've only seen Josh in challenges. That I would agree with. And then we saw him in that secret scene when they couldn't find the machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, but nevertheless, I don't think either of those two tribes will lose. I think that we're back to Tika. I'm sorry, back to Ratu. Because oh, okay. interesting. I think there will be another competition that will, but this one will not be one that Matthew has been practicing in his backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems likely that he will sit out because since Tika is down to four players, they can do that. Um, and I think that will hurt them. And Ratu will lose and head back to tribal council. Now, I know Kane seems to be in the firing line there, but I also think Brandon, despite what he feels about him, isn't going to want to get rid of him after losing another challenge like Mm -hmm. you know i i i just suspect brandon thinks that way um and i think that that means maddie's prediction about losing woman after woman will come true and jamie will be gone oh you're going jamie Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. well that's interesting i I just think it's going to be Sarah. I don't, I just don't think, I just don't think that Tika is going to do well because 
they just haven't done well in challenges. I mean, it's it seems pretty seems pretty apparent that they they did just vote out their puzzle queen. Right. And so, you know, this is what I'm saying now. Carson's going to have to step up because mm-hmm. if that's what it boils down to and if he doesn't want them to know and then someone else is going to have to do the puzzle. And I mean, I don't know. Carolyn's just going to keep taking off her pants when she's supposed to be doing a challenge. And I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, I just think it's going to be Sarah. I got to go with Sarah. Okay. Sorry, Sarah. <sighs> All right. Well, as we uh, wrap up, I want to encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program at Rob has a website dot com slash patron. You can get access to all of the special podcasts that are put out just for patrons, plus uh, one uh, for Survivor that is put out early for patrons. Rob's new deep dive into a particular question. Um, you can uh, just also support shows like ours and everything on the network. So go to Rob has website dot com slash patron or click on the link at our Rob has website dot com slash yx lost feed page yep um also make sure you're subscribed to all of the reality tv rehap ups podcasts by going to rob has a website.com slash rehap ups feed uh and then you could just select your podcast service of choice uh you'll not only find content like us but also the bnb uh terrence stockwatch shannon gus's survivor international and of course podcasts on a number of other shows and mm-hmm. topics from reality tv to wrestling to crime shows all sorts of things craziness there's so much out there yeah so uh can i thank people now you threw me off uh no not yet oh That's okay the end we still yeah uh because i just want to mention um after or as i was recording the last episode i mentioned uh that i had heard literally gotten a message while i was recording from the host of the Tradar podcast, uh, which is, of course, about the Traders TV show. Uh, he did have me back on as a guest co-host for the reunion episode. And I definitely had plenty of thoughts on how Sari was treated there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people should definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have mentioned that I've become a, a regular, somewhat regular guest on the Truth Unrestricted podcast. Uh, as I mentioned previously, not an entertainment podcast, has discussions of various other topics. Um, the most recent episode is still the one that was about rules. So you can search, you know, look that up and hear me talk about not just my survivor rules, but also rules and laws in general, including some of my own 30 plus years of experience working on rules in a regulatory agency. You are an influencer. I definitely was an influencer then. Yes. See, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's good stuff. Now, can I thank people? All right. So I would like to thank Scott St. Pierre for all of the editing that he does, not only for the Why Blank Loss podcast, but all of the incredible content that you just heard David Bloomberg speaking of, which is why I thought I could do thank yous. Mm. So thank you, Scott, for all of the great work that you always do. Thank you to Will from America for the theme song that you created for the Why Blank Lost podcast. We love it. It's super fun and catchy. Thank you. And David Bloomberg, thank you so much for all of the support that you have been providing me this past week and prior to. And also, thank you for not giving me too much shit for my winner pick. You were kind of giving yourself so much. I would feel bad. by. I know. I'm so it's terrible. I make no promises for the rest of the season. (laughs) (laughs) It was I was like sitting on my couch just going, are you kidding me right now? Like I David Bloomberg at his house, just giggling it up on his couch, (laughs) watching my downfall 
on national television and just having the best time ever. Mm -hmm. I would never celebrate anything like that. Okay. I almost said it with a straight face, right? Almost. Almost. Yeah. That was not the uh, reading the tell that I'm seeing there. Yes. Yeah. yeah, there might have been some body language yeah. that gave that it was a little away. bit. We were like, maybe <laughs> shocking. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Jessica. Um, and uh, you know, again, welcome back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be back here next week. And uh, uh, until then, well, we'll we'll see you online. We'll see you uh, on you know TikTok. We'll see you wherever. Be back here in a week. Bye. Bye. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.